Section 5 of Waverley, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by David Houston. Waverley, or Tis Sixty Years Since, Volume 1, by Sir Walter Scott. Section 5. Preface to the Third Edition. To this slight attempt at a sketch of ancient Scottish manners, the public have been more favourable than the author durst have hoped or expected. He has heard, with a mixture of satisfaction and humility, his work ascribed to more than one respectable name. Considerations, which seem weighty in his particular situation, prevent his releasing those gentlemen from suspicion by placing his own name in the title page, so that, for the present at least, it must remain uncertain whether Waverley be the work of a poet or a critic a lawyer or a clergyman, or whether the writer, to use Miss Malaprop's phrase, be, like Cerberus, three gentlemen at once. The author, as he is unconscious of anything in the work itself, except perhaps its frivolity, which perhaps is finding an acknowledged father, leaves it to the candor of the public to choose among the many circumstances peculiar to different situations in life such as may induce him to suppress his name on the present occasion. He may be a writer new to publication, and a willing to avow a character to which he is unaccustomed. Or he may be a hackneyed author, who is ashamed of too frequent appearance, and employs this mastery, as a heroine of the old comedy used her mask, to attract the attention of those to whom her face had become too familiar. He may be a man of a grave profession, to whom the reputation of being a novel writer might be prejudicial. Or he may be a man of fashion, to whom writing of any kind might appear pedantic. He may be too young to assume the character of an author, or so old as to make it advisable to lay it aside. The author of Waverley has heard it objected to this novel that, in the character of Callum Begg, and in the account given by the Baron of Braberdeen of the petty trespasses of the Highlanders upon trifling articles of property, he has borne hard, and unjustly so, upon their national character. Nothing could be farther from his wish or intention. The character of Callum Begg is that of a spirit naturally turned to daring evil, and determined by the circumstances of his situation to a particular species of mischief. Those who have perused the curious letters from the Highlands, published about 1726, will find instances of such atrocious character which fell under the writer's own observation, though it would be most unjust to consider such villains as representatives of the Highlanders of that period, any more than the murderers of Mar and Williamson can be supposed to represent the English of the present day. As for the plunder supposed to have been picked up by some of the insurgents in 1745, it must be remembered that, although the way of that unfortunate little army was neither marked by devastation nor bloodshed, but, on the contrary, was orderly and quiet in a most wonderful degree, Yet no army marches through a country in a hostile manner without committing some depredations, and several, to the extent and of the nature jocularly imputed to them by the baron, were really laid to the charge of the Highland insurgents, for which many traditions, and particularly one respecting the Knight of the Mirror, may be quoted as good evidence. Footnote. A homely metrical narrative of the events of the period, which contains some striking particulars, and is still a great favourite with the lower classes, gives a very correct statement of the behaviour of the mountaineers respecting the same military licence. And, as the verses are little known, and contain some good sense, we venture to insert them. 
and footnote. The author's address to all in general. Now, gentle readers, I have let you ken my very thoughts from heart and pen. Tis needless for to contend, or yet control. For there is not a word I ought I can mend, so ye must dole. For on both sides some were not good. I saw them murdering in cold blood, not the gentlemen, but wild and rude, the baser sort, who to the wounded had no mood, but murdering sport. Even both the Preston and Falkirk, that fatal night ere it grew murk, piercing the wounded with their dirk, caused many cry. Such pity shone from savage and Turk as peace to die. A woe be to such hot zeal to smite the wounded on the field. It's just they got such groats and kale who do the same. It only teaches cruelties real to them again. I've seen the men called Highland rogues with lowland men make shangs of brogues, soup kale and bruce and fling the cogs out at the door. Take cocks, hens, sheep, and dogs, and pay not for. I saw a Highlander, t'was right droll, with a string of puddings hung on a pole, whipped o'er his shoulder, skipped like a foal, caused Maggie ban, lap o'er the middle, and maiden hole, and aff he ran. When check for this, they'd often tell ye, indeed her name sells a tomb and belly. You know, get wanting bought or sell me, her cell will have it. Go tell King Shorty, and Shorty's Willie, I'll have a meet. I saw the soldiers at Linton Brig, because the man was not a wig. Of meat and drink, leave not a skig within this door. They'll burnt this very hat and wig, and thumped him sore. And though the Highlands they were so rude, as leave them neither clothes nor food, then burnt their houses to conclude. Tis tit for tat. How can her name sell e'er be good to think on that? And after all, O oh shame and grief, to use some worse than murdering thief, their very gentleman and chief, unhumanly, like popish torturers, I believe, such cruelty. Even what was act on open stage at Carlisle in the hottest rage, when mercy was clapped in a cage and pity dead, such cruelty approved by every age. I shook my head. So many a curse, so few to pray, and some aloud, huzzah, did cry. They cursed the rebel, Scots, that day, and as they'd been not brought up for slaughter, as that way too many wrought. Therefore, alas, dear countrymen, oh, never do the like again, to thirst for vengeance never been, your gun nor pa, but with the English yin, borrow and lend, let anger fa, their boasts and bullying not worth a louse, as our king's the best about the house. Tis I good to be sober and deuce, to live in peace, for many, I see, for being o'er cruce, gets broken face. End section 5